Your anger and your hate, I think, is coming off as erratic to people. Passion. My passion. Okay, your passion is coming off as erratic Right, well, you borrow my brain for five seconds and just be like, dude, can't handle it. Unplug this bastard. Yeah, because it just, it fires in a way that is, um, I don't know, maybe not from this particular uh, terrestrial uh, realm. I think some of those things that you're putting out there are making people think something's wrong with you. It's it's believed. Well, I didn't know what to do. It's got the N word all over the place. Yeah. Just to tell the truth. But I can turn that on. Nah, I'm not worried about it. Where's mustard on a beat, bro? (laughs) Alright, let's go. Let's go with this one. Let's go with this one. You can't sit with us. You can't hit the blood. Just to tell the truth. We don't shit. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I can smell that fake from like a mile or two. It wasn't cold. I got all my whips and all my bitches' nights. Standing on your sofa, go fuck your couch. Lights, they just burning my mouth. Asking all them questions, boy, you mind gone. Boy, you must be working for the five of us. Cause I hear balling for a season. Watch these bitches, they are so misleading. It's real. Yeah, you cannot breathe. I just want you to give me a reason. With the nah, 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 say nah, ain't loving me. Cross my heart and hope to die. We don't put you, we don't put you. We don't put you, we don't put you. And welcome back to episode 134, OU Radio. With me in studio, Sasha Bloom, my friend, not yours. And uh, <laughs> and with me, uh, always always one of my favorite people to talk to, Wayne Thompson Jr. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you doing, bro? Dude, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Man, it is good. It is a pleasure to be right back in here. So, look, I just pushed my mic away from you. There we yeah. go. It's yep, a pleasure to be back in your guys' company. Yeah. Sasha? Yes, welcome, everybody. How are you? Dude, I'm good, man. It's good to see you, Sasha. It's been a while. I haven't seen you since I got burnt out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Doesn't that happen every week? Dude, I, I have meltdown. Like, seriously, I'll have a meltdown like once a week. So I, I just go in the mix, man, crawl in the back, just start screaming, you know, punching the side of it. Like, I, I have my moments. Like, dang it, Donna, yeah. I told you not yeah. to come here again. Yeah. I've broken many foldable chairs, plastic chairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel your pain. Yeah. I feel your pain. Wayne got to witness a temper tantrum by me one day. Yes, yeah. I, I did. Five year old man screaming and yelling and throwing his hands down. <laughs> and who wanted you to do that? I just oh, wow. sat back and I was like, okay, well, all right, dude, well, I, okay. Do you, do you like rub his, like, did you pat him on the back? I kind like, of followed him down the hallway to try and comfort him, but he wasn't having any. He just walked the away. Door on him. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, wow. I should so, have been fired. I was just like, you know what? We all have our days. <laughs> He's having a bad day. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to tack that up to that. We'll just say that's what it is. See, Sasha, I could never see you getting fired for something like that. I really don't. Like, you, you, like, you remind me of, like, the director loses it on the movie set. <laughs> Where like like yeah it's like kind of justified but he's like really good at what he does so he kind of got to put up with it 
Well, he's a good asset, like to the company yeah. and like my humor. Like I, I need a clown every day to come. Honestly, <laughs> 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 having him around just makes everything so much easier. It seriously <laughs> does. Like I'm sitting here, like he really can make the day so much better, dude. He really can. So I'm your jester now. Yes, that's the word right there. Yes. Little do you know. No, the days where he's like, oh, well, this is the last time I'm going to see you for the week. I'm sitting here like, really? I'm like, you're going to be gone all week? What am I going to do? I'm going to be so bored, man. It's not my fault. (laughs) They don't pay me. (laughs) So you brought up an interesting point earlier when we were talking about how, like, people in media, like, are introverted. And, like, that's not that common. Yeah, we were talking and I said, it's amazing how many people in television and radio, A, have speech impediments, and B, are introverted. It's a weird thing to me. Because they're, and you brought up. Oh, you are, yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? It's like, what are you saying, man? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you trying um, to say? Yeah, that's how I feel. Like, it's funny because, like, I consider myself a very introverted person. And. I, I don't know. I like the idea of like having someone else on, like being able to communicate with someone without having them be near me. It's like a really weird thing. Like I really like, like I, I don't get phased by doing like live radio because like they're not in the room. You know what I mean? Like it's different for me. What about broadcasting from a booth or something when you're at a grocery store or uh, yeah. a car dealership and you got 30 people around you and you got to do your minute spiel? Oh, hey, I've come done on that. Down and he buy knows. Oh, uh, you he know. knows how hard that is, man. Yeah, it's weird. I can't do my breaks when that happens. It's, yeah, well, can't so, do it. so for those of you, like when, when you do a break, you let people know, like you're letting people know where you're at. It's your radio drop. And yeah, like I had to do it once in a T-Mobile and it was just super weird because I mean, like the guy next to me is like, they, like there's a family near me looking at tablets and I'm like trying to go, come on down to T-Mobile. Yeah. Johnny Provo here, Mix 107.9. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on down, get a tablet. Well, dude, and then they stare at you though, like legit yeah. stare at you. And it's like, there's so many times I've been doing remotes with Sasha and it's like, I can't do it. I just stop or I, I can't finish a sentence, you know, it's yeah. like. It's this creeper, and there was one time I was with Josh, and we were at the hospital doing a break, which was You're weird. at the hospital? I know. We were That's doing super, a ZHC. Was it a charity thing? Or? Was there a 150th or 49th anniversary or something? Yeah. But this dude was staring at me like I was a piece of candy. It was an old dude, too, and I'm like, all right. Josh, we're not doing this break right now. Look at that brown skin boy. Yeah, I was just like, what is going on? Look at like, like a long piece of taffy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like to put some brown sugar all over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably tastes like burnt oh, caramel and man. almonds. Like, oh, <laughs> dude, it, was, it creeped me out, and by far that was the creepiest remote that I have done. So if Sasha was there, it would have been <laughs> so, <laughs> probably would have been even more interesting, though. Do you get nervous when you shoot TV? No. Yeah. Only when there's five cops behind me. <laughs> <laughs> that happens, I guess. I I got nervous two weeks ago. I was it was a Utah football game, and usually on the sideline for the handheld cameras, it's a 500 foot cable that will take you back and forth, and they're very difficult to deal with because they can get tangled. You can trip people. And you have to have very experienced people working that line to allow people to sprint, allow people to stop. But, you know, it's a big deal. It's an important job. 
And the kid I was working with had never cabled before. And he's been going around to Pac-12 and ESPN and Fox and lying about his ability. Oh. And he also smokes his vape pen on the field at BYU. Holy One of those. And <laughs> I threw a damn temper tantrum to our bookers about this guy that he's a fraud, he's a jerk, and I don't want to work with him. It's like, you book him, but don't book me, you know, yeah. type deal. Anyway, so he's, I'm right behind the, the handheld, and he's back ways trying to facilitate me getting up and down the field. And he's rat nesting and tangling the thing, and he actually managed to unplug our cable from the wall. Whoa. I've worked hundreds of games. I've never seen that even come close. And the camera guy's, you know, he's got his $60,000 slow-mo camera, and he turns around to me and goes, why are we dark? And I said, I don't know. I'll be right back. And the fucking idiot had unplugged it. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and so my whole mind is like, I'm going to get fired. Oh, right. Man. And it feels so real. It's uh, so, it, it feels so, so justified. Yeah. I know that. It was so real. And yeah. so the game ends, and I beelined it up to the truck. And, you know, I've been working with that director for four years now. And I walked up and I was like, hey, Tom, I was like, sorry, man. They put a newbie on there who didn't know what he was doing, and he unplugged it. And he goes, I know it's not your fault. He's like, we were watching him the whole time. <laughs> hey, you're covered, man. You're covered. Yeah, you're on camera, man. There you go. <laughs> go put a camera over there. What's Sasha? What's Blue doing now? Well, what's, what is, what's camera three doing now? Oh, great. <laughs> but occasionally I get those sinking in the stomach feelings. Like, oh, yeah. Or if I'm doing radio and I'm on a live broadcast with like Abby, Abby from KNRS and she's such a brilliant journalist and she's got a beautiful voice, but she's not super techie. And so if there's any type of problems, she just goes, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Because mm -hmm. it kind of is in her world, not my world, but it's like having to... But the great thing about iHeart and the other places I work is I'm with professional people. So when shit goes to hell... There's people I can call. There's people that are willing to take time out of their work schedule and help me out. So the whole trick of being successful in life, I think, is allowing people to help you and not being afraid to ask for help. And I don't have that problem. So yeah. if that answers it. No, I, I agree with that, too. Like, I that's something I was thinking about working over at Broadway. Like, I have, like, people I can call. I could genuinely call at, like, midnight and be like, hey, I forgot, to, you know, yeah. forgot to do this and flip that switch, you know. And, uh... uh it's a nice feeling. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's weird. Like, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting industry that we work in. Because, like, like, the coworkers, they feel like friends, but they're not quite friends, but they're not quite coworkers. Kind of like partners, right. I guess. It's more like relate. the relationships are more interesting. And I have that problem because I don't have a filter, so. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. In case, in case yeah. 130 that, that something goes back, episodes in, back to Sasha the admits he has a problem, finally. <laughs> <laughs> We've wanted to tell you. I, I didn't know for 130 episodes how to tell you that. But I remember the funniest thing in the world. It was before I got hired at ABC and I was interning in engineering. And this short, pleasant, heavy set guy, not super heavy set, but he came up to me and he started talking to me about how I like working here and this and that. And I was like, well, I'm just so fucking green and it bothers me. Like, those were my words. Oh. 
And it turns out the guy I'm talking to is the brand new news director, George oh, wow. Severson. <laughs> and I'm spilling dirt. I'm complaining. I'm talking about how shitty I am in my life. And it's my new boss. Wow. That was really... <laughs> I can't even imagine, dude. I could not imagine it. I mean, here's the question. Did he play it off, though? Was he cool? Was he cool? Yeah. I, at the end of the conversation, he... Put his hand out and he goes, yeah, I'm George Stevenson, your new boss. Oh, man. <laughs> and then the whole rest of the week, like, while I was sitting in classrooms or doing stuff at KU, I was just like, I can't believe I told my new boss I'm a Green Hornet. You know, it's like, and I still have that problem now. Like, You know, it's funny, though. He respects the hell out of you, though. He loves me, yeah. He really does. That's the, And he respects you professionally, too. Yeah. It's very interesting. He, you, your words hold a lot of weight with him. Maybe it's because you were honest. Yeah. Not every some people are probably just going to be yes men, and he, the fact that he was honest, maybe he knew he could trust. And that yeah. was the big discussion you. we had after that football game with that kid who lied about his ability, and we all knew that he couldn't do his job, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But ask for help, ask yeah. to learn, right? Yeah, because that's yeah, that's something that this business does like is people who want to learn. Because if we know that you can't do any part of this job we can still do our jobs and cover you right yeah float but you. if you lie and say oh i can run this board i can coil this 500 feet of cable i can run this handheld camera and you can't even turn it on or plug it in or keep it plugged in it not only makes you look bad as a liar but it can destroy a whole set right yeah and you see that here in radio is we get all these new techs. It's a revolving door in this building because they don't value the position. So it's like, you know, and they don't always, it's better now, but they didn't always get trained up. So we got these kids that can't turn on the computer, don't know how to log in, don't know how to wash their car, don't know how to drive on the freeway. Like the car's too big. So they're going to take Redwood for 42 miles instead of taking a 14 minute freeway ride. And then they miss their remote because... It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just maddening. I know all the backstories. So <laughs> all these songs just sitting here laughing. I don't want to go too insane. I'm like, this is just too funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. But I, I really think for people out there that want to get into media and their job is, A, don't lie. Yeah. Don't lie on your resume. No. Right? Because the worst thing in the world is, oh, yeah, I can type 160 words a minute, and I'm great at Excel. And then your boss gives you Excel, and you're spending four hours trying to learn Excel. That's why he hired you, yeah. yeah. Like, sometimes that happens where they just hire you to do Excel. <laughs> like, if I get to choose my interns, yeah, yeah, Excel, like, I'll choose that, like, any day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I've been learning a new aspect of pr promotions here where I'm writing all these newsletters to, for, like, ZHT and my and all these things where they get a weekly newsletter. And it's different for, for me because I'm a very, I take a very academic approach to writing where, and with these things, oh, you got to capitalize the word win. You have to capitalize W and the I and the N and you've got to Promotionally. Do yeah. That. yeah. You gotta, you get these little secrets and subversive things that click in their heads. And it's humbling to learn this because I have to rely on my great boss to edit me and Knowing that I screwed it up and that I just have to read her red writings and things that are crossed out, and but you can't get a look at him laughing. <laughs> you called her a great boss, <laughs> <laughs> you never said that. 
<laughs> you never say that to me, man. So yeah, you never... gonna go? You're gonna go on record saying that this boss is on the, the, the meetings we've had in the break room, the things this, you said, these and guys, <laughs> and he calls me a douche all the time. <laughs> no, a douchebag. Oh yeah, let's get it right right there. He, he can't hurt my feelings. It's okay. He's, that's why he's my jester. <laughs> Wow. And they and got silent privilege again. Oh, wow, dude. Yeah, working wow. on radio trips me out, man. It's a I, weird job. It's such a weird job. It's I, I don't know. Like I didn't know what I was I didn't know what I was expecting, but I didn't know what I was getting into. You know what I mean? Yeah, cuz you you were lucky or you weren't lucky, but you didn't have to start from the bottom. You no, just kind of moved I, over. I jumped. Yeah, I I moved up and over. Yeah. But that came from your relationship with uh, Bill Riley, right when he was work when he worked at ABC, that's a little bit like he recommended me, but really it came from just everything that we've done. Yeah, you know the accumulation of just all the hard work that we put in and that I put in, and that it all kind of came together. Like that was like just like the last piece. Hmm. I see all these kids at KU just soaring right by me, and it makes me sad. Have you been talking to the kids at KU? Well, two of them just joined your whole media. Keith McDonald. Oh, yes. He's writing for Slug Magazine now. Oh, nice. And then do you remember Emily Means? Yes. She's his co-host, and she produces Trib Talk. Oh, cool. For the Tribune. Oh, no way. And then she produces some other stuff at KSL. Nice. Wow. Then, she's got a future ahead of her, man. she's really hot and really cute. And, <laughs> and she's terrified of you. She hates me. <laughs> she's like, you're a scary man. Leave me alone. Oh, you could even... Like, we were fighting over who's going to... Uh, edit her show <laughs> and it's like there's no way she can edit this show I know she can't do it but I gotta let her do it I don't wanna <laughs> let her do it but I gotta god damn it <laughs> alright go ahead do it <laughs> <laughs> but it's really neat to see you and all Keith and all these people get these great jobs in media Yeah, and I have to remind myself that I have great jobs in media too because yeah. like my jealousy towards you McKeon is <laughs> What? You know, you know, I wish I wish I was good as a camera as you are. Like you're you're so much better with a camera than I am. Like I I don't know, like for me it takes a lot of extra effort yeah. to you know to shoot well for me. Like it's not something that I'm like you you're really you're you're much better at shooting than I am. Cameras actually make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And photography makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't call myself a professional photographer. I I'd call myself a professional videographer. Yeah. But some of the photos I've seen have just been Fantastic! Yeah, I, I mean, award-winning photos that this guy has Well, because he can set them up. Like, I could see something and get it, you know? Like, I got a good eye for it. Like, I kind of shoot from the hip with it. But I don't have, like, the structured approach that you have to shooting. And the angles and everything yeah. lining up perfectly. I mean, his his photo on his desktop deserves an <laughs> award. But, it but, does. But, but do keep telling me about how you're jealous of me. I do want to hear more. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be nice to you. <laughs> it's like, I wish I had the silky brown skin. <laughs> and dead silence. <laughs> yeah, introverts hiding behind microphones, man. <laughs> well, no, that's very true, though, dude. It like, is. So where's that come from? Uh, you know what it is? I, Craig Worth, he said it best. You're hiding in plain sight. You know, he said that he liked holding the microphone. You know, I like the idea of like being in control. You know, you're you have complete control of the conversation when you hold the microphone. That's why you don't give the microphone away. You know, we we all know that. I don't know if other people do, but yeah, like like having that 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 I don't know, it's like the conch in Lord of the Flies or it's like 
language. It's like. <laughs> It's a big pink conch. Piggy's um, conch. <laughs> Piggy has the conch now. Or like I, I like the idea. I like stand up, like the idea of it because, you know, it's you and then there's an audience, but there's the set expectation that you're the one doing the talking. It's also why I like podcasting. It's why I like radio. You know, there is that that barrier. I don't know. Like I I for one, I don't know. I'm I'm not really that open to people in a certain way. So it's kind of nice to have these other means to express myself. So would you hire? Eventually, you guys will probably get to a point where you're hiring people as you get in your late 40s and 50s. Would you hire someone with a speech impediment? Someone that does this, I I I I, I but 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 but, or constantly does. Um, I'm at Mazda dealership. Um, come on by. Um. Like, would you hire people like that? I think there's a way to work out of it. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know, some people I feel like have the ability to have an alter ego or something, yeah. too. Like, yeah. where they can actually, because sometimes I almost kind of feel like if I'm doing a show versus doing promotional type stuff, I feel almost like I'm just converting into some different person when I'm doing the show stuff versus doing the promotional types yeah but then i i feel like if some people weren't given a chance to you know express themselves or actually be on the mic and do stuff like that who do have a speech impediment then maybe they wouldn't even be able to get over it and some people have been able to get over it you know it, so it, i don't know and maybe that this job field is what they did to get over it you know i'm gonna go into communication you know because you do public speaking you know like i mean i ended up on this path taking a public speaking class you know because I was thinking about starting up stand-up, you know? So I took a public speaking class. Then I changed my major. Then I got a scholarship. You know, you know the story. But, like, the point I'm saying is, is, like, I think I think a lot of this, there's a lot of personal effort with this career. And I think you need reasons to be here. And I think, you know, overcoming something is fuel to kind of make it. Because, like, what's her name? Diane Rames. Yeah. You know, I imagine, you know, like, that has something to, that that, you know, whatever's wrong with her. Like, I think that fuels her fire. You like, know what I mean? Did you listen to the Adele iHeart thing that she did this week? Johnny? No. I know Wayne did. Yeah. What well, happened? She was at this little pub in New York, and, you know, she's singing her new song, her songs, and she's being interviewed by Elvis Durillo or Durant. <laughs> Durant. He works for Z100 in New York. This guy is a big deal, though, dude. He's, he's I know Z100. He's a huge yeah. deal, though. He's he came in and told about. me, that I'm like, this is one of, he and Seacrest are like the top radio people in the country right now, it seems like. And she was so shy and so like, oh my God, am I allowed to do it this way? Am I allowed to talk? Am I allowed to say this? Like, I haven't put an album out in four years because I'm embarrassed by my music and I don't know if it's any good and how she recorded hundreds of hours of music, but it didn't get on her album because she didn't think it was good. And it's like, Oh my God, I'm listening to the biggest star outside of Justin Bieber. Yeah. And she's she was yeah, Oscar huge. winning. Yeah. Best, I mean, I, I love her music like just yeah. in terms of sales and yeah, everything. And, yeah. She's oh, record. Breaking. Total monster. Just yeah. Seeing that she's a fragile eggshell. And it's like, how does that happen? How do you become one of the biggest icons in the world, but you can barely talk into a mic? Yeah. It's that vulnerability thing of the artist. Yeah. You know, like when you hear a song like hello or someone like you, that's real. You know, oh, that's why yeah. it's good. Because yeah. it's real. Because you know what real is. You feel it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be convinced of it. You don't. I don't have to sit here and tell you how good she is. 
I just put on one of her songs, you hear it, you feel it. Oh. And that only comes from being a vulnerable artist. And it's also the scariest, most terrifying thing to do, to be 100% put yourself out there and then let it be judged. And people are so mean. Oh, especially with the internet. Yeah, the internet is so Especially if you're a heavy woman, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's a big lady. She lost a lot of weight between songs. Which she shouldn't have. But. <laughs> <laughs> not, what, loves her way she is. I could only get Adele, but if she's fat. That's the only way. I could get her, but I mean, only imagine, if she's fat. Imagine your what children. <laughs> Beautiful redheaded children. Oh. Just beautiful. <laughs> Just moles everywhere. <laughs> but there's a lot of artists that you're absolutely right that yeah. can't have conversations. They can't do anything, but you crack a mic and they're a different person. Well, they get to be, you know. I, I feel that way. Like I I I hate talking to comics in person. I'll be honest. I really do. Because like I, I use humor as a way to keep a barrier between me and another person but I'm able to keep a relationship going. But like, there's like, you know, a set way I talk to people. So like, it's hard to talk to comedians. Cause I like, I, I use humor and I feel like I'm trying out bits or, you know, I feel like a magician who's exposed, like, look at my new trick. You know, it's weird. And like, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't, I feel like I have to make people laugh when I talk to them before I can even like start a conversation sometimes. Like I'll go up to my office and like I'll talk to a coworker, I'll make them laugh for a little bit, and then I'll you know like, hey, can you email me those things? Yeah, cool. <laughs> <You know? laughs> hey, that's a good approach, though, dude. Yeah, it's a great approach. Yeah. Yeah, but it's something I do. It's like a tool for me because I don't know. I have a hard time talking to people. See, I think going into communications had the opposite effect for me because I was the guy that could have lead huge conversations at bars or at parties and. You know, whether they're political or they're talking about violence and sexuality, I was really mean and dark and funny and just completely uncensored. And then when I got into communications, I completely censored myself. And it took me years, literally years to regain my voice because I felt like I lost my voice going into journalism. Oh, I can't write about anything that's important in this community. Okay, so let's go do radio. Oh, I can't talk about anything that's important in yes. this community. Yes. And so in one way, I don't have jealousy or resentment towards you, Wayne, or you, Johnny, for your job because you can't say anything. You can't, yeah. I mean, but you get great aspects too. Like you get to raise 9,000 pounds of food for the food bank yeah. or you get to do your secret Santa stuff with ZHT and really change people's lives. Yeah. But can you talk about the war going on. No, you can't do that. Can you talk about generational violence and drugs in this community? No, you guys can't do that. But you have a platform that reaches 280,000 people every time you turn it on. And so there's that weird dichotomy for me where I'm kind of grateful that I'm not working with Hooker and Brooke because I would ruin their whole show by wanting to make real broadcasting. Not that Hooker and Brooke aren't doing it, but it's the D-bag of the day. It's man up and how big's your tool? Like, yeah. it, that's fine. It it works. I get it. I'm. I think Hooker's one of the most remarkable it, broadcasters I've met. They sell, but it's yeah. it doesn't change the community. It doesn't do any of that stuff. Well, and then it's there's not, other lines of clients too. Like, oh, oh if yeah. you're one yeah. of your clients doesn't like the way you're talking about stuff, then you have to. I mean, it all comes uh, down to the all. I don't like those conversations. Too. So, oh, and it's yeah. brutal, especially if like, you're <laughs> an edgier. Like, mix isn't really super edgy, but Hooker wants to do stuff with strip joints. Oh, he can't do it because RC Willie will dump him. Yeah, oh yeah, like a rock. Yeah, rock, yeah. rock. You're allowed to get away with a lot more stuff like that. It's encouraged. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, holy cat! Let me just turn that off that? right now. 
What was that? I gotta get a drink, and this stupid thing hits the mic. It's like I'm, uh, the first time I've ever been in a studio. I thought I'm I a, did it because I was like adjusting my uh, shirt at the same like, time. How did I make yeah, that shit? I like, how did that, I'm a professional. How did this noise happen? I'm a professional guy on the mic. This is what happens when you don't get sleep and you don't eat. Like you've been here since like this that's, morning. That's the other part of the job that's hard. Yeah. yeah. You lose track of time, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, you end up being here when it's sunny, and you leave mm-hmm. when it's dark. Well, time's your mm-hmm. biggest enemy in broadcasting, because everything's on a 10, 9, 8, 3, 2, 1 countdown, mm-hmm. and when something starts at 3 o'clock, it doesn't start at 3 or no. 2, it starts at 3 o'clock, which means you better be there 50 minutes early, you better be there 40 minutes early. Hour early before I gotta be on air. Yeah. I do it every time. Yeah. yeah. As he's... He learned today that there's yeah. issues. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah, always got to be an hour that. early before you're there on See, air. I, I don't get you, bosses. Like, I would, there'd be no employees in this building if I were in charge. Dude. I'd fire everybody. The thing is, we're so desperate right now <laughs> <laughs> that we, all we can do is really just be like, all right, let's talk. All right. So, let's have a yeah, talk. You know, right well, you, you brought up an interesting point, though, and I kind of felt the same way, too. I feel like, like, I had to turn off a lot of my personality to go back to school. I used to be the kid in class who would say dumb shit. You know, I'd just say what I'm thinking. You know, sometimes I get a laugh. Sometimes, most of the time, I'm just obnoxious. And I had to, like, turn that off to go back to school. I had to just sit up front, fucking take notes. Yeah. You know, it was ridiculous. And then I feel like like they broke me down a little bit, but they didn't really rebuild me back up. So I'm kind of, like, you know, trying to put myself together as I've grown a little older. Did you go yeah. through that too, Wayne? Where you at? Well, I know you went to junior college, but... Oh, my oh. gosh. <laughs> You know, like, this is it. what I always get, man. Come on, we're we're your little brother. <laughs> so much hate for Utah State. It's like I go to BYU or something. <laughs> I, and BYU he likes BYU, BYU more. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm now a BYU fan. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. taking pictures of football players Wait, stretching. Just stuff. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I like. Eh, the, I, like I don't the blame that. I, you know, I like them. I like. I don't hate them. Like, I don't. I don't look at them like Ugh, BYU. Like to me, I'm. Eh. Every I time I, I like Utah State too. They I, stole our colors. Yeah. They had baby blue and white. And I'm sorry to anybody out there, but you know it's the truth. Go ahead and look it up, 1980 something or whatever, and look at the colors they were using yeah. versus what they're using now. I'm like, we're in the same state. They got cool uniforms. Here's why I yeah, like BYU and Provo because every time I go out there to broadcast, whether it's television or radio, they're happy to have us there. Mm. Does it cuss, cussing coach cuss at you? Cussing coach. Could you imagine? I bet you could get Bronco men and all the cursing. I you. bet. Have, have you ever? Because I've I've he heard my hand once. I've heard. He did what? The Utah. He my hand. I, I met him a couple times. Yeah, he's a cool guy. The Utah coach. Got yeah, real the, soft palms. A little too soft. Yeah. <laughs> like just a little too. I'm like suspicious. Like yeah, lots of jerkins. There's, oh, there's a medicated. There's a medicated <laughs> effort. There's a medicated effort. That's all I'm saying. I get the anger out before the game. Yeah, that's why he's so calm. <laughs> all right, boys, go out on the allegedly, field. allegedly. But yeah, I did hear the greatest rant I've ever heard from a US UCLA offensive lineman <laughs> this past weekend. Yeah, you know it's really yeah. filthy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm ready. Thank you. Okay. So they just gave up a big run to the Joe Thomas kid. Yeah. And they all get, and then they, I think Utah punted or got intercepted or something. They come back in, and this line, big black, like 50 year old coach, just seen everything. And he goes, God damn it. When are you going to drop your testicles and quit being a fucking pussy? Whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. That's football talk. I've heard that. 
And I asked him, I said, when does this get borderline a little too far? Like, like molestery? Take, uh, well, like, no, what? like abusive yeah. to your players. Like, I mean, some of these coaches take it way too far. Throwing chairs abuse. at people like it what's his name abuse. did? It is abuse. Like, uh, did you play ball? Yeah, I played in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think it is abuse, and I think I don't know. They're kind of allowed to do it because it's an abusive sport. You know, like they want you to go out there and knock a dude out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's kind of what they do until you get Sandusky. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like don't be doing that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But the weird thing is, you know, their sidelines, at least at Utah, are only twenty five feet away from the first row of the fans, and the fans were like. Yelling at the coach not to be rude to their player, and it's it was really uncomfortable. But I found it like incredibly funny. Yeah. Like, oh, I love I love that. <laughs> Me too. I find that those types of moments so funny when everything's going wrong and you just get to watch. It's the best. Yeah. And so then into the game, like the coach is walking by, and I was like, "Hell of a game, coach! Have a safe flight." And he was like, "Thanks, man." Like, and he was all happy because they won. But it's like twenty minutes later, you were ready to commit murder on yep. your nineteen-year-old player that you recruited. Wow! Yeah, but and now was it Utah fans that come were coming to the, the UCLA kids players defense? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the the kid was getting torn apart so much so that you know the coach is three, two and a half, three feet away from the kid's face, and he's the kid's on the bench, and the coach is leaning into him. And I mean, it's two hundred eighty pounds, six foot five and foot man, yeah. and the player's head was completely turned towards south end zone so he wasn't even looking at his coach because he's probably afraid of being hit yeah and i don't know if that's a good way to coach somebody nah, up. Man, you know they take it too far sometimes funny I, but not appropriate i i wasn't i was the worst rugby player on our team my freshman year and my coach was hard yeah hard on me and it was a big reason why i became good by the time i was a senior but at the same time, I like all those horrible things, all that stuff. It really kind of killed all the praise that I would get. So I've never really felt like I don't really believe in praise. Like I don't. It, it doesn't hold any weight to me. Neither, neither does the yelling now. But it's like kind of even for me now. But not every, despite popular belief, not every football player is a super masculine caricature. Yeah. Not every football player is confident. They're not grown men. No. So you could really emotionally rob somebody oh you could wreck somebody especially in high school man like yeah when you're growing and developing yeah yeah, like you're still developing into you know this soon-to-be adult or whatever you know and and they're wrecking your confidence you're wrecking the level that you're trying to attain i i don't know i just feel like sometimes it's a little too far in some some aspects is that i think that was the neat thing about having a kid so young was learning how to deal with people that are completely incompetent. I mean, they're cute and they're smart and but they're really dumb. Like kids are stupid. You have to make them smart. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot of work. That's why I'll never have one. And that's the quote of the day. Uh, kids are stupid. Kids are really dumb. They are really, really dumb. For real. <laughs> yeah, they're incompetent. They're incompetent. They don't do anything that I want to do. I could just imagine you yelling at a baby to wash the dishes. I could just see that for some reason. Oh, you, you're, you're going to dribble all over yourself? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Oh, we're, we're going to have well, to change your diaper. Too, oh. <laughs> so what was nice, you, you just you were able to see... What was like a human grow? Is that well, what it taught me that you can't yell at a kid when they don't do the dishes right or they don't know how to tie their shoes right or they pee on the floor because they're learning, right? And it's your job to positively 
teach them and encourage them. But so many parents don't do that. And so many coaches don't do that. And to bring it back around, it's one of the reasons why Wayne and Brittany are great bosses to me is because they don't yell at me. Like if I make a mistake, which I don't do a lot, but it's not like you're the worst, Sasha, I should fire you. Like I'm going to write you up. It's none of that. It's like, well, let's try to figure it out this way or let's take this approach. It's, and they're really good bosses that way. You know, you have to have a level of understanding with people too and understand, you know, like it's not intentional. The stuff that, you know, everyone makes mistakes, Mm -hmm. you know, and especially somebody who, you know, like you're a fantastic asset to us, you know, and your background dude is amazing. You've got, you've actually got a background in broadcast. So, but you could still humble me and you could still be rude to me because you're my superior and there's nothing I could do. I'd have to take it or I'd have to quit. And most human beings, even if it's a part-time job, aren't going to quit their jobs because of this slave mentality that America forces on their workforce is like, you have to work your shit if you don't work. And you certainly don't have to be a nice boss. Like you work with a lot of good people, a lot of incompetent people. You've seen it all. But you never get mad, and it's you know it's something that people have to be be a good boss, be a good coach, be a good parent. Otherwise, you get crappy teams. You get like I don't know how that player deals with himself when he takes his pads off and just and he's flying home and is in his head he's like, oh my god, I have to drop my testicles and quit being a pussy. Like that's a really mean thing to say to a grown man who's probably already insecure about his penis size and everything else that young men have to deal with. I don't get it. I don't see Mm -hmm. why that's acceptable and appropriate for a coach. Well, in the first place, I don't feel like it's really building him up or making him have the desire, oh, you know, I need to do better uh, for myself or anything. It's probably just out of fear that he's going to try and do these things, fear that the the coach is going to do something to him. It's just a fear tactic instead of really – I mean, if he – the coach actually sat down with him and actually tried to teach him these routes better or teach him to do things a, a certain way, then that actually means more than sitting there and belittling somebody. Like, honestly, I feel like that's just the, it's not the best route. Like, yeah, sure, you'll scare the person, but honestly, are you going to get better uh, quality out of that person or but, are they going to be scared of you? Because I would almost take the approach. It's like, well, all right, I'll start face, face masking and chop blocking. They do. Can you get mad at me about that, Coach? I just ruined a kid's ACL for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know, is that incurred? I mean, you know, it's this that spectrum you open up. Chalk that up to the game. Hmm. That's that type of thinking. I I don't know. Sometimes you don't see though when the coach will come to the kid after the game and talk to him too, because that does happen. I've seen it. You know, I I've never really had it happen to me, and I've been yelled at quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen it for like other players. Like if a coach gets real, like one time, like my freshman year. Our coach was so pissed at the freshman quarterback, and he was, like, smacking him like mm-hmm. with a hat, like, just smacking him with his hat, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, afterwards, you know, at the game, he pulled him aside. We still lost, but he, he pulled him aside, and he, like, you know, put his arm around him and, like, I don't know, said some, some words to him. So, I don't know. I think there's two sides to it. I, do I justify it? No, not at all. I, I don't know. The sport of football is becoming really antiquated pretty much in general, like, and there's so much money at stake. And- yeah, oh, I mean, it's yeah. tough to like, it, it can't just go away. Like people dedicate t- sections of their life to it. You know, like the football season, Monday night football. That's what I do. I watch Monday night football. Well, I you mean, know? it's almost so, so much so that the coach 
is generally the highest paid state employee. Yeah, very common. In, in these states, I mean, they'll make more money than the actual like, pro- professors or deans or presidents, you know, so... It, it goes to show where we put, you know, we place a lot of our value. So, you know, and, and I was thinking about this interaction with the coach and player the whole week. And UCLA is never supposed to lose to Utah. And so, if they, and they should have lost that game, UCLA, easily. It wasn't a good game. It was an ugly game. Yeah, it was disgusting. But I couldn't imagine being this line coach and watching his players half ass their job. And if they lose to Utah two years in a row, there's a great chance he's fired. Yeah. And he's probably making $800, million, $900, $1.4 million. He's, 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 where he's, want, he's where he wants to be. Yeah. 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 Top two markets in the country, it's one UCLA. of the biggest teams in the world. Yeah. But I don't it think it LA. gives you an excuse to just criminally, verbally assault your player. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Honestly, like, some, like, I've talked to you before and stuff about it, like, Especially if you've grown up in like an abusive type household yeah. or whatever, and that's why I, I feel like I've definitely taken a different route. I didn't want to follow the same path as my dad, and that's why I, I tend to be more understanding or try to be because I've seen the extreme sides of things. Like I've had the extremes all growing up, and I'm sitting here as somebody who's had that constant belittling, you know, oh, are you stupid, or this and this and this and this constantly in my, my head. It just, I was like, no, that's not the route to take. Like, that's why I feel like there's other routes to take. There's other things you can sit down with people and, you know, take a different path with that person, and, and it will work better, I feel like. I don't know. It, it just really is circumstantial. You know? Was that hard for you to teach yourself that, or did you, because were you an angry kid, or... Um, Were you a mean kid and you had to teach yourself to be a kind guy? I kind of, you know, yeah, it, it, you obviously kind of are a product of your, you know, your environment and stuff. But, and I really had to work on, on changing. I, I think I've worked a ton on b- the social skills and, you know, being kind to people and understanding of people and stuff. Because I really, I took the tone of, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be my dad. I don't want to be what he was towards me. So, yeah, I, I definitely look at it a lot more. I look into stuff like that a lot more. I feel so. I don't. I don't like to swear because my dad had a really bad mouth. I feel you, man. Yeah. See. Yeah. yeah you know. Yeah. He knows what you know. Like what that's I'm that's about, that's though. a big part of me. <laughs> like I really. I'm not. Sasha, would you say I swear a lot? Not often. Yeah. And like, the fact that you work in radio, it's a yeah. good thing not to be doing because if you slip up. You well, drop it on, on see, the that's radio. that's the thing, and it goes back to that. It's really weird. I had a, I had a talk with, you know, I got reviewed for some of my on-air sessions, you know, like because, you know, they, they check in with me. And, like, they want me to be more authentic. You know, they want me to be more authentic. And and that's a goal I have just in my in general with my own life, being authentic, you know. So but what do they mean by authentic? Though? Well, no, like, they, 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 they feel like I'm still a little stiff, you know, and I, and I can hear it. Like, I am a little bit stiff still doing radio. Oh, I thought you were meaning yeah. <laughs> like these guys are actually telling you, yeah, we want you to be black. Because <laughs> that's usually, they're usually like, no, 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 top 40. no, 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 no,
Yeah, she coming through right now. What, what, what? <laughs> yo, 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 yo. This is, yo, yo, yo. This is, yo, wildest dreams, Taylor Swift. Yo. Yeah. Put some rice on that cake. Yeah, girl, talk about that bad blood. Kendrick Lamar got that bad blood. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting over here like, what just happened? <laughs> and we'll be right back after these commercial messages. <laughs> I don't know, man. Do you think you're authentic on the radio? Oh, uh, dude, you know, I was just having this conversation with Sasha this week, actually. And I feel like I have a hard time being real. Yeah, because feel... your voice that you're using now is different than Wayne on the air. Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. dude. It's like we really did have this conversation. Yeah. Like yesterday, actually, I think. Yeah. I think it was yesterday. Well, tell me about it, man. This is it's, something I think about all the time. Uh, like, it's my biggest plaguing problem right now. Dude, I almost feel like it's, like, acting. Yeah. Like, as soon as I turn on that mic, it's almost like... I feel like I can't really be myself. I feel like I have to be this product. And I like getting the honesty. Like, I get the honest... I feel like I get the honest opinion when I ask Because I tell them yeah. that that's an illusion. It's like, you've got DB... On 97.1 ZHT. So if you have any fears of your content, it's like, well, look what your morning guy's doing. Like, yeah. there's no rules for him. And I know that what you guys bring in is different. But, yeah, and I usually yeah. try not to push the envelope just because of the fear. But I, and that's yeah. the thing I need to look at. He's like, oh, how far can See, you? I'm wrestling with that, yeah. But I think being an authentic person is very important for broadcasting because if you're coming in with a fake radio voice and – your fake, your contents. Welcome fake. back. We got the web grass. Yeah. 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 Like we talked about the top hour IDs. It's like we have a script that we have to say for the IDs, and it's a lot to fit into a short amount of jingle time, you know? Yeah. And I'm trying to say stuff fast, but at the same time, it's not a pitch that I normally would use either. And I'm glad, that, you know, Sasha is willing to well, tell me. This it kind of goes back to what we said, like about Adele and being genuine, like being able to being vulnerable i yeah. guess you know like that's what it is man and i was telling wayne it's like and it's hard for me to even give him advice because i i don't work professionally as a broadcaster like you guys do but it's like well if you don't like your script go talk to your boss and say hey can we pencil out two words out of this sentence or can we flip them over to this part you know can we can i write it and you okay it can we there's got to be something so it's not robotic because if yeah. it's not from yeah. your heart if it's not from your blood and your ink it's not your words like like a 10 second tag like having to like say it exactly like it's weird you know when you say the exact branding and yeah stuff. you have to say it exactly this way or it's this yeah. time and this and this yeah, uh, you but, didn't say that 10 second tag right you know well and dude and sometimes it's such a mouthful to be able to like, and we have to say the city name, and there's cities that are longer names in Utah than there are others. And know? Wayne yeah, so. loves his mouth being full. <laughs> full circle. <laughs> coming back. <laughs> what are you talking about now? <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Like, I'll, yeah. be, I'll be like, I'll, I'll be voice tracking. I got like eight seconds, and it'll take me like 10 minutes to get oh. eight seconds just right, you know? Yeah, dude, to hit that right on the block, it's, it's sometimes an issue. But the other thing, too, is with Top 40 Radio, the other thing is always in the back of my mind is oh well we have to we have to think of who we're talking to so you're like oh I'm talking to a 17 year old girl that likes to shop at this place and this and this and this and so I'm like gosh what kind of voice do I need to use what do I need? it's just like all of these things in the back of my head so as far as authenticity I don't really feel 
I feel like maybe that's something I need to work on yeah. more because I don't feel like I'm really authentic. You know? Do you? I don't know. See, that's why I like podcasting because it, it it is this barrier. Like people say, it's the same as radio. It's not. You know, like yeah. it's so different. Like but right it, now, I I'm like I can be myself. Me I can too. talk to you guys and chill. Like it's a different. Yeah, it definitely is a different. But a environment. lot of broadcasters don't recognize that there's actually an audience listening and. There's some podcasters that specifically talk too much to their listener instead of inviting them in. And I think there's a very fine line. Aaron Salazar, we've had him on our show from my... My next door neighbor. Yeah. And, right there. He's a studio neighbor. And he was reading a fascinating <laughs> article about how in the next couple of years, the great podcasters could become nighttime radio guys. You know, it's kind of what Opie's doing on his channel for Sirius XM is he's bringing the best podcast shows in New York and putting them on their channel. And I do think with how limited radio time is that, you know, Wayne should be podcasting all the time just because he might have, you might have 14 hours of airtime, but what are you talking two and a half minutes during that 14 hours? Oh dude. And sometimes like seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Quick. It's like, and so it gives you the mic time, you know, I'm just saying with you, I think, could you imagine doing your job if you've, never had a three-hour talk show i think it'd be oh hard. man it'd be weird yeah it'd be really weird i oh i love i credit all my success to starting out doing this like it this taught me so much about myself just being able to, to talk you know to be able to express myself yeah yeah and then this is the thing that's so different yeah dude is the fact that it's like you you actually get to say like full sentences and yeah. stuff right now like where's it one two three four five uh, done yeah that's a doubt. Yeah, Alicia. Yeah, Alicia Carr is at the complex tomorrow. <laughs> be sure to come by Wednesday night. It's going to be a good show. We've got a backup on the two hundred one freeway. Yeah, but at oh the- traffic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey there, drivers. Be careful driving down I two fifteen out there, ladies. Don't want you to crash that minivan. Come on down. <laughs> Yeah, See, if I like, were doing traffic, I'd be that guy that, yeah, on the I-50, watch out for the car! <laughs> <laughs> you know how many accidents you'd have that day, so too? So many. Gumshoe boots on the case. Why were there so many accidents on the freeway? You just scared Grandma into a, a heart attack right there. Wow. Man, you're going to crash. Just yeah, want to talk about accidents. Seriously, traffic. There's a oh. dead deer out on the freeway. It's really sad. <laughs> it's not funny at all. It's really sad. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I wonder if the traffic guys ever want to say something different than they get to. Like, something yeah. humorous, but they can't do it. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, we'll bring a traffic guy in. We What's should. our traffic? He's phenomenal. Hazman O'Malley. Hazman. Yeah, let's get He's him a cool man. guy. Let's you should. In. You actually let's should. Get him in. He's been doing traffic for. Ever. You can tell me the routes to take. Like, cause I, I mean, I, I'm so, I got in the traffic today. That's why I was a little bit late. Like, the traffic today, You're just getting off late. on. I'm not always uh, late. Dude, 106th, bro, is always. I don't know. Under, I don't understand what it is about 106. Dude, Sandy on general, it's so just bottlenecked. I can't stand it. There's going like 12 Sandy, lanes of traffic. Ugh. And it's still got bottleneck issues. And this RSL is RSL games kill me. And I have to oh, get yeah, everyone. That. That's and I right. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like I hate traffic, dude. That's why they should have built that stadium in downtown Salt Lake City, like they had originally planned. I like the stadium. I like where it's at. I just hate all the traffic that I have to go through. That's right around that. They it's should so build weird. a ramp directly to and directly from 
You dot cool. if you're listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, that's another weird thing I think about. It's like I have to be around crowds of people, and it's the only time. Like I, I like going to movies because like being around people but not having to talk to them. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like I, I do like that aspect. Great segue. <laughs> <laughs> I was so done talking about the last thing. We're done talking about that. (laughs) When the bombing happened in Germany, when the guy had the suicide vest on and tried to get into the stadium and ended up blowing himself. No, this was in Germany. The one in Germany. There was one in France and one in Germany. And they couldn't get into the stadiums. But that was a big topic of conversation all last week at the U, especially with security. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we could be killed. Uh, the NFL, I know, was really looking at stuff. The WWE, they yeah. had FBI there because uh, Anonymous had pulled some tweets or whatever saying that they were going to blow up. Uh... Do you believe in Anonymous? No. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's like, cause you could say anyone's anonymous. Like it could legitimately be a group of hackers, but then it could be the government just doing stuff under the guise of anonymous. Like as a fault, I never know. Like, I don't know what to believe. It's almost like technology has really changed the game of everything before. It was like, oh yeah, you could just call in some threat, but yeah. now it's like, you got to deal with social media stuff and things like that. Left and right people. And you, you have, sometimes you look at it like that nah, is probably not legitimate, but it's like everything nowadays you have to take as yeah. being a real thing. Like for example, like the, the big jetliner that was air France. Yeah. Had to go to Salt Lake City, had to actually come here, and then another one stopped in Canada, too, because of a phony threat, you know? Yeah, and it brings out your point, like, the stadium thing, like, that's terrifying, because, I mean, be a good place to get people, you know? Soft targets, too. It was the first time I actually watched, because usually before every game, they give you a security leaving plan. Like, if there's something going on, where do you exit, right? But they never tell you on the field where you're supposed to go. It's like, well, 50-yard line seems safe. Yeah. But where do you go? Where do like, you go? And at what the, do you do? I'm, I'd be the last person out of the stadium because there's going to be 47,000 people leaving, and I have the hardest way of getting out because I'm on the field. i got to go through these tunnels that are by the entrance, which are probably going to be blown up or going to have gas or nitrous. I don't or know. Or just dudes waiting at the ends with guns. Yeah. 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 Gosh, it's almost like you just got to think of – the least likely spot for these people to go, if you're going to have a, a special exit or entrance in the stadium that only you guys usually get to go to, you know, like that's cut off from the general public, like locker like room secret area entrance? or something. Like, well, like you pull you a book to, and like the thing moves. Like, what are you well, talking no, about? No, I mean, like, okay, so you go off to the locker room or whatever. Yeah. That is only accessed by people with credentials. And the players. And yeah. there's got to, most of the time you think, oh, there's probably an exit or something back there or another way out or somewhere in where you could sneak someone in or something like that. Yeah. That those guys probably wouldn't be able to get to and you'd be able to get out. But even know. when I got almost murdered by the police department, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's I right. Credentials on. Profiling no Sasha, they did. Was. And they've seen me hundreds of times, these dumb cops. And so. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to our world. Like, I mean, <laughs> I just want to be. Like, I told you, I told you. So, like, is this thing on? Like, I told you. <laughs> Sasha's like, this is ridiculous. But oh, dude, you knew what happened to me in Ogden too. Oh yeah, he oh. got asked out in Ogden. Oh yeah. Oh, dude, <laughs> this is the worst I've ever had it happen to me. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So Thanksgiving's upon us. 
Uh, you guys doing anything fun or? This year is a little low key, more low key. You ain't got nothing. Not nothing really. Just you know, hanging out, and having dinner with my mom and brothers. Yeah, it's like this year we couldn't really round up as many. Like my sister's off to her in laws and stuff. So, uh, yeah, we I got a lot going on. Um, my brother in law's coming in town. Sarah's cooking. I love it when Sarah cooks. Hey, you want to come over? I might. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where to go. Yeah, come over. Come over at one <laughs> o'clock. Shocker, right? Yeah, one o'clock. Come over. Sarah's cooking. You too, Wayne. You come. <laughs> we can watch like, that oh, new right. Charlie Sheen video. Huh? Oh wow! Yeah, I, I, I haven't heard about that. Wow. I saw it. I didn't click on it. What? What? And you've heard about the uh, the latest. Uh, it involves dudes, not chicks. Apparently, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Caught giving head. Well, yeah. so that's real. That's it, not a rumor. Yeah, that, there's video of that. That's because what they're. I thought that was a rumor. With? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I could see that. But now, and he paid off to get that video destroyed, and apparently there's still a copy of it, mm-hmm. and I think Deadspin has it. Wow. And they still sold it. You know, it's not surprising that this guy, it's like, oh, he's going to come out with an announcement. Of course we know. that you freak. Look at the lifestyle you live. We're not surprised that you have HIV. That's why, I, isn't that why he quit the show and everything from the beginning? Isn't that what started all of this? And Sasha said something hilarious last Man, <laughs> it's sorry, but his timing was great. Yeah, he says so much stuff that he doesn't catch on this podcast. I've heard, I've heard a lot of stories about Charlie Sheen, especially even back when I was when I was out in L.A. I heard about him. Like I've heard stories. Like I heard like he broke a girl's nose once, bought her a car. What? <laughs> yeah, a car makes up for your nose. Sorry, honey. it was like a. It, this was back in like 2012. This was like a 2010 Jetta, I think. It was like a Jetta. Wow. Yeah, like he bought her a Jetta, like outright, just bought it. Well, I think you'd have to, but yeah. I think I, mean, I don't know. Get your another, nose broke for a Jetta. It's another perfect example. Wow. So what? You're gay, or you're bi, or you have HIV. That shouldn't derail your career. That. Sh- uh, the crack should derail your career. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. It right? often does. Yeah. Yes. You're talking about tiger's blood and your insane rants on national television should destroy your career. But the fact that you like men or you're a lesbian or you get HIV because you're gay or that shouldn't affect anybody. And I don't think it would. I don't think that Hollywood would blackball him for being gay by or that there's video out. I think it's his drug behavior and his violence towards women and his lack of care towards his children. I think all they care about is him showing up late to set hungover. That's all they care about. And Chuck Lorre, when he called Chuck Lorre by his, uh, his real name, not his showbiz name. I think that bothered him too. <laughs> oh, what what is his real name? Do we it know? was like it was some it was some uh, some. Do I say Hebrew? Or do I say Jewish? In that it's sense, very Jewish. Yeah. Name. Okay. Yeah. It was a very very Dru- Jewish name. I can't remember, but it was a yeah. That's SNL producer then too, right? Uh, no, no, no. The, uh, thinking uh, of the you're thinking of Lauren Lauren Michaels. Michaels. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's the yeah. yeah Chuck Lorre. He did pretty much every sitcom worth doing. Like he wow. like big uh. uh, uh was he Full House? Um, I don't know if he was Full House, but he did one of those big ones. I think he did Roseanne, and I think he did... Yeah, you want to Google it, Sasha? Yeah, like, the Charlie Sheen thing's interesting, because I remember I was listening to him in an interview, and he was talking about how he's lost, like, his millions over and over and over, and he just keeps making it back. Well, now he's lost endorsement things, too, I guess they said this week. He had endorsements? Uh, to, uh, well, HIV? If I'm looking at... Yeah. If I'm looking at 
at tabloids is probably I don't know. I'd have to source check that stuff. Yeah, hey, I don't trust tabloids. Yeah, on you never know. Either. You don't really know. Yeah. That could just be marketing. Yeah. He did Darman and Greg, Roseanne, yeah. Mike and Molly, The Big Bang Theory, Mom, Grace Under Fire, Two and a Half. He takes the Big Two Bang Theory to a whole other level. Yeah. yeah. Like, he he's pretty much one of the most powerful sitcoms. Pretty much for sitcoms, I mean, that guy's up there. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he went head-to-head with him. It almost makes you wonder what his brother and his father think about it. You know Mighty Ducks? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to think Emilio Estevez is his brother. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Charlie yeah, Sheen is not his real name. And he just disappeared. Yeah, he's just like, I'm not going to, I'm not for this life. Yeah. But his dad, I'm like, if I was his father, I'd be like, son, really? Our legacy, of, you're like, you got to stop with the cocaine and doing all this. See, that's the weird thing. Whenever I think about like what actors are doing or what actors would do, I got to remember, I only know them through acting. You know, who knows? I thought you shut, you shut my mic off or was that me, dude? That was you, sir. I, I'm like, yeah. it's a struggle. Wayne Thompson Jr. right here. Yeah, dude, I, I swear he, he probably shut Did me off. Did your water bottle click that off? Dude, that's why you don't have liquids around the freaking, yeah. No, but back to what I was saying is is I think actors, you know, we don't really know who they are, you know? Yeah. We don't at all. No. We don't know. We assume, that, we, like, we assume to think that Charlie Sheen's dad is like this nice, awesome guy that he plays in all the movies, you know, the president. From the West Wing, but who knows? He he could be. I mean, I remember reading that he was detoxing when he did Apocalypse Now. So I mean, drugs has been a big thing in their family. Maybe he taught Charlie everything he knows. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know, man. It's a good point. That's a very good. You know, because I think yeah, you're you're right. I think a lot of people actually think that what they see is the real thing, or the actors, uh, the characters that they play too. Sometimes people can't you know dissect the two. Nah, they don't want to. It. They don't want to. It's it's crazy because I used to think even when I was a kid, you know, when these actors come on and the, they're getting interviewed and they talk about the character they play as another person, they'd be like, "Oh, I think he is, you know, a really influential person in this movie," and blah blah. blah. And it's like, I, as a kid, I was like, "Why are you talking in third person?" Like, what, I'm yeah. sitting there thinking, "No, you should say I think I am." And then I got older. I'm like, "Wait, no, he's actually." playing somebody else it's it's so it, it takes it's weird yeah it is just kind of different i actually have a bunch of clips from charlie sheen because i think we played them like when he won out you want to hear a couple yeah i'm so tired of pretending like my life isn't perfect and bitching and just winning every second and i'm not perfect and bitching and just delivering the goods at every freaking turn because look what i'm dealing with man i'm dealing with fools and trolls here's a great one banging seven ounce uh, rocks. I, I use i use a blender i use a vacuum cleaner i use uh you know, I you know household items. Uh, when was the last time I ingested or took drugs? Yes. When you was the last time you took drugs? Such an AA stupid um, expression or term. I don't remember. I do not remember. A week ago, two weeks Maybe ago, a month two ago, days ago, six weeks. I don't know. I don't know. It was a couple of days before the suits rolled in and said, "Change it. Change everything. We're shutting you down." Tell me about the last time you took drugs. You know, the last time I took drugs, um, I probably took more than than, than anybody could survive. <laughs> you know. What are we um, talking about? How much? I don't know, man. I was banging seven gram rocks and finishing them because that's how I roll. I have one speed. I have one gear. Go. How so, do you survive that? Because I'm because I'm me. Oh wow. Because I'm me. I'm different. I just have a different constitution. I have a different brain. I have a different heart. I have a different. You know, I got tiger blood, man. You don't worry that you're going to die when you take that many drugs. Dying's for fools. <laughs> but you're Dying's only human. Now, there's certain blends I will not. I will not entertain because that's how people go down. I'm. I'm. I'm too smart. Too smart to do that. So. 
you know, I'm sorry for the guys that that happened to, but, you know, you should have uh, read the directions before you showed up at the party, you know? Wow. Wow. I'm sorry, but you're going to die eventually, so that makes us all fools then. Well, I can't believe you got to read the directions. It's like there's no directions. Uh, chop up on table and snort up nose. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yes. YouTube video on this. Hold on. Yes. <laughs> Someone's blogging about it. There's a blog somewhere. Maybe a Vice Guide article or something. You shouldn't take it within two hours of taking an alcoholic beverage down. <laughs> it's like, oh, Yeah, on. but they're speculating that right around that time of that interview and that behavior was when he had found out that he got HIV. And it makes total sense. It makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Makes absolute total sense because well, you got to think he's known longer than we do it could be a great thing for our society to have such a big figure who's had this tragic fall and gets hiv because it might bring awareness to hiv again it's still important that men wear condoms that you don't screw everything at every club oh you? man uh, yeah did you hear uh, colleges are um, uh, implementing a sex ed like mandatory like like a uh, seminar to co- go into a new university? They should. They should. They should absolutely. Kids aren't being taught on that. And I mean, the idea of HIV being spread through that ignorance is very real. I never even thought of that. It's a very tough conversation. I know that we've talked with Sarah about this before, but you know, not that I want to be careful here, but. Some people only want to be a monogamous. Some people don't believe in monogamy. Some people want to have tons of sexual partners. And it's really hard to be a human being and not understand sexuality. Or you screwed so many people that at the end of the year or end of your 20s that you don't have any sexuality left because you've used it all. Yeah. You know, or you've broken so many hearts and you've had your heart broken by so many people. Sex is a tough one. And it doesn't mean anything anymore. It doesn't mean what it used to mean. Or you can't ever feel that feeling again with another person. Or you're just doing it to people that you don't even care about. Is that what you're saying? Something yeah. like that. And then, you know, people who are gay or lesbian and are just attracted to their same sex. And not being able to live it out. Because they yeah. come from a conservative town or a conservative family. I mean, the amount of homelessness here because of gay kids is overwhelming. It's amazing. You know, like, it's, and it's, it's, it's tragic. It's yeah, tragic. Yeah. And no one cares. No. You get a couple of people, a couple of shows, a couple of management people, but collectively no one cares that there's 17 and 16-year-old boys at Pioneer Park who have AIDS because they're gay and no one was allowing them to be accepted. So I feel like people decisions. I feel like people just don't want to deal, so they just decide not to. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it's as malicious. Like I think it's just more like, eh, I just don't want to deal with it. You no, know? I got to go to Toys R Us, and I got to go to Dick Sporting Good. You know, <laughs> Dick Sporting Good. <laughs> I have to go to Dick's. <laughs> well, why why, Dick why was that the first thought? That of all the stars, what Cam- was on your mind? Because <laughs> he stops at the gateway very often, right out there. <laughs> See, I just created 20 seconds of laughter. That's why I oh. use Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> That's here. why I love it. I know, I, uh, I love it. So we'll be back here soon. All you radio, that is. Oh, you're yes. a podcast. Yes. Find us iTunes, Stitcher. We're always there. We've got 133 other shows. We have some amazing A-listers. We've got news directors, news anchors. 
We've got great broadcasters like Wayne Thompson Jr. Oh, thanks, dude. I, I didn't know yeah. I fit that category. <laughs> <laughs> if you keep turning off that mic, I don't I know, know. right? It's like I'm sitting here like day one, man. But he's going to become part of our show yeah. once a month or so. You know? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Sure, come hang out. Yeah. yeah. yeah hang man. out with you. Yeah, yeah. Hang out with my brothers. Yeah. yeah. Dirt Pod's still killing it. Jocular Show's going to be back soon. We've got a great hip-hop show coming out. Uh... I think it's called The People's Podcast or something with cool. Keith McDonald and Emily Means. Natasha and Jason still doing their thing. Jackson Banks, I know he's going to be live at Walmart on Black Friday, 300 nice. West in downtown Salt Lake City. Hopefully, Are you serious? I'm hoping he doesn't get murdered. Like, I'm actually... You're generally worried. I don't even go to that Walmart, man. Yeah. <laughs> Unless good. I'm parking on hey, top. Hey, they sell good tamales in that parking lot. Okay, oh, like, they sell the best tamales. That is a sketchy, <laughs> sketchy Walmart, man. I mean, and he's ugh. doing this new lie where he goes around people. Yeah, would you like to be interviewed for KSLL? You know, KSLL. That's <laughs> hilarious. So, okay. So, what is what is he? What's his preference on this whole? Who? What's the L? The extra L. Well, I made him do it so that we didn't get sued by oh, KSL. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Okay. He's like, well, people need to know that it's credible. And I was like, you're not credible. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing about what you're doing that's credible. <laughs> what that's it's like, it's not real. Oh, man. He's like, well, no one knows who, what Camp Jackie is. And I go, well, that's because you don't do anything with it. Well, and I've heard his show. <laughs> you just wanted to find about something completely different. He, I gotta give him props. This show actually is pretty fun. Oh, this beautiful. show is weird. It is. so weird. He's one of my favorite people. He's so weird. Everyone drive safely. It's a busy holiday season. Tons of cops out. Don't drink and drive. Ah, never mind. It sounds like a plug. I'm not gonna... Plug it. Alright, uh, we got America's Got Talent auditions. I've got three front-of-the-line passes that'll get you in front of the producers of America's Got Talent guaranteed. Here's the thing. You gotta go to Keys on Main from 3 to 6 on Saturday, November 28th. Uh, from 3 to 6. We're doing open auditions. It's 21 on up. Come on down. They're looking for comedy. They're looking for music. They're looking for singing. They just want to be wowed. Come on down. And wow me while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Thompson Jr., where can people interact with you? Oh, man. I wish you guys could see Sasha on the daily. I'm so glad they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad they don't. Well, I think I might go to that and try my yodeling out for them. There you go. Yodeling. You're just going to heckle me every time I'm... <laughs> <laughs> boo Johnny promo boo his name's not promo you just yelling that out <laughs> you, can, you can follow me at Johnny McKeon M-C-K-E-O-N Johnny McKeon for everything yeah all you radio for everything and Wayne on the radio yeah it's just right yeah let's see if you'll retweet go Utah State <laughs> <laughs> 